Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Welcome and thank you for joining us online at Slate Church this week. Uh, my name is Nate and with my wife, Emily, uh, we're part of the leadership team here working on uh, discipleship and growth, helping uh, some of our uh, locals, our smaller communities within Slate Church as they seek to uh, be, di- be disciples of Jesus together, following after the ways and words of Jesus, looking to practice his way. Uh, we get to work with some of our uh, locations all around Ontario as well. So uh, in Coburg, in Cambridge, in Elmira, with our online community. Uh, It's a really cool privilege. Uh, And I'm excited today to continue our Deeply Formed Life series, uh, speaking on uh, some of these habits and ways that we can lean into remaining with Jesus, as it says in our anchor verse in John 15, uh, and really remaining in his love, being transformed by it so that we can actually live that love out in our own lives and experience the abundance of joy that Jesus promises us. Today, I want to read to you uh, and start off in Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 14. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's pray. Guys, thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together here uh, online today, Lord God. I just pray that you would be with us as we lean into your word. I just pray that your truth and your word uh, would just be clearly communicated, Lord God, that you would speak through me, Lord. And you actually speak into the hearts of every single person uh, tuning in today, God, that your Holy Spirit just be stirring in people right now, and they would just be pulling out of this what you uh, have for them today, Lord God. pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, I think that marriage is like a beautiful way of exposing things that you don't really know about yourself. Uh, To be honest, my biggest one that was exposed for me uh, when I got married was my lack of a sense of direction. My whole life, I thought I was good with directions. I thought I had it on lock. I was like, yeah, I don't need the GPS. I can figure it out. I like took pride in like mapping out ways to get places, figuring out little shortcuts, like having a strong mental map, all this stuff. Uh, and since getting married, it's become very clear to me that I was lying to myself and to others when I was saying that. Like I thought I had a good sense of direction, but there's something about like living life beside somebody day in and day out where you just like, you can't hide your flaws. You can't hide uh, uh, what's going on. You can't kind of pretend that you're good at directions when you're constantly getting lost. I texted my wife, Emily, as I was prepping for this message. I was like, hey, babe, like, do you have any examples of like, uh, you know, me getting us lost? And she was like, do I have any examples of us getting us lost? She's like, I don't even know where to start. She's like, you started our, uh, uh, you could start in Barbados on our honeymoon. Uh, You could start last week when you got lost going to Landmark, uh, where we have church every single Sunday, three different times. Uh, I don't even know how I did that. Made the wrong turn three different times. She had to put on the GPS. Uh, But I think she summed it up best when she said, you've gotten us lost every time you haven't used a GPS, which is a little harsh, but honestly, probably true. It was a gap for me. I wasn't aware of. It was helpful to have her kind of speak into it. Uh, And that works today because we're talking about accountability. 
We're talking actually about the importance of community, of having others speak in to maybe some of the gaps and challenges in our lives as we seek to follow after Jesus, and the importance of not just trying to follow Jesus on our own individually, but to do it, but to actually seek guidance, not just one-on-one, but to actually seek guidance through confessing our, our insecurities, our challenges, our weaknesses, and our sins to others, uh, and by actually submitting to a larger community that can come alongside us and support us. And I actually believe that, you know, this is a, a really great antidote to a lack of a sense of direction. Not in the way that I'm really talking about it, like I'm talking about like physical directions, but I just mean feeling directionless in life. You know, I think it's actually really easy to feel lost right now. We look around our world and we see like this rapidly, rapid inflation, like tech stocks just tanked. I hope you didn't invest in Facebook last week. Uh, that would be a little bit rough. Uh, you know, we've had uh, housing prices in Kitchener Waterloo at least have just been like going like absolutely off the charts. And like people are like wondering, like I'm wondering, like what does this mean for my home? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean to my future? How can I have certainty? I just feel a little bit lost in this. May we feel lost in our socio-political climate looking at uh, some of the discourse and discussions that are happening in our world. And it's like, all right, like, I don't know why I believe on this. I don't know why I believe on that. Do I have to post on my Instagram about it? Will people think I'm a bad person if I don't plant my flag and state where I stand on this issue? There's so many different conversations happening in our world. There's so many different challenges. There's so much confusion. We live in this complex, fallen world that can lead us to feel directionless. Lead us to be like me whenever I don't have my GPS, looking around, looking for help and saying, hey, where do I go? Where do I find guidance? Where do I find direction for the purpose of my life? How do I actually live out what God is calling me to in the midst of this? And I love in Ephesians where we read, it says, live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And I love this. It says, and find out what pleases the Lord. And find out what pleases the Lord the Lord. Honestly, this is the simplest summation of the discipline of guidance, of actually the, the beauty of being able to look to God and seek Him for our direction. It says, find out what pleases the Lord. Or as Jesus says in John 15, our, our kind of root passage, our root scripture for this series, remain in me. Remain in me. Turn to Jesus. Richard Foster, a writer on spiritual disciplines, explains and outlines the discipline of generosity like this, or guidance, sorry, like this. He says, in the Christian discipline of guidance, we are learning to live under the theocratic rule of God. This is no small task. In the beginning, we discover our will, our desires, in opposition to and in struggle with the will of God. We want what we want when we want it. Yeah, I feel that. In time, however, we begin to see the goodness of rightness. That is, that God's will is not only right, but altogether good. So there comes through time and experience, sometimes much time and experience, a releasing of our will and a flowing into the will of the Father. When this time comes, we desire more than any other thing to do the will of God. Hence, we are thrust into the lifelong task of learning the skills of guidance. See, this is the journey of guidance of submitting ourselves to God, of looking to Him in the midst of our confusion, letting Him be our compass, our Google Maps, if you will, uh, our sense of direction and our solid footing in life. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we've actually been extended a beautiful gift of being able to have relationship with the Creator of the universe. Despite our sin, 
despite our brokenness, despite the mistakes that we've made and the things we've done wrong, we don't actually receive the consequences of our actions, but those consequences were taken by Jesus on the cross. He died and rose again to give us eternal life, but also eternal relationship with an eternal God and creator of the universe. And what this discipline of guidance is, what this perspective of guidance is, it's actually looking and saying, hey, I'm going to choose to live all of my life through the lens, through the perspective. I'm going to make decisions out of that relationship. See, it's not about just like trying to live up to some legalistic standard in order to please God. It's not just about, you know, okay, I have to get everything right. I have to live my, make every decision perfectly and do all the right stuff. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're going to probably go some turns along the way. We got to trust that God is big enough to get us back on track. Uh, but what guidance is, it's saying, hey, I'm receiving this love of God and I want to live within this love. I want to remain in this love. And so I'm going to choose as best as I can to turn to God and to actually make my decisions and live my life through the context of that relationship. See, I think a lot of us expect guidance to be spectacular and personalized. We think of Paul on the road to Damascus and he's like going to like kill a bunch of Christians and he's on his way there and then all of a sudden a light comes down and he gets blinded and Jesus talks to him and he like his life is totally turned around and that's awesome. That's great. I believe God does move in these ways. I've seen him move in these ways in my life. I want to encourage you that God does move in, move in big and miraculous ways. He moves in the spectacular and the personalized. However, that's not the norm. That's not what we most consistently see. That's not the way God's actually set things up for us uh, to actually experience guidance, to be able to turn to Him. It's not just us sitting around doing whatever we want, waiting for God to show up and boom, okay, something big, miraculous is going to happen and put us on the right path and that's going to solve all our problems. See, guidance is actually a discipline that we practice day in and day out of turning to the resources God has given us. See, Richard Foster, he breaks uh, down kind of four main practices for seeking guidance. The first one is in the Holy Scriptures, is in the Word of God right here. And this is one of the main ways that God has actually already gifted us uh, 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 so much to guide us, actually given us uh, so much that we can learn and understand through His Word revealed in this Scripture. But what's interesting is that the other three acts that Richard Foster gives for experiencing guidance are all related to how we actually lean into community. It's all based on how we lean into others and actually look to others for support in understanding where God is calling us in life. And I think that this is really the truth about God's guidance. See, the primary way God guides us is through His church, through the community of believers, through fellow Christians, the Holy Spirit working in all these different people, God inside each of us actually challenging us, encouraging us, and pushing us in the direction God is calling us. A bit before... What we read earlier in Ephesians, it says, To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. He's gifted each of us. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, those who can start churches and, and, and launch new ministries and build up new communities and do, do the work of the church, the prophets, those who are encouraging and challenging uh, and speaking life into others, the evangelists, those who are uh, inviting others into the family of God and are speaking the good news of Jesus who don't know it, the pastors uh, uh, who are walking alongside people day in and out, the teachers who are actually teaching the word of God and expounding the scriptures. It says he's given all these gifts to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ until we're actually living out the love that he's given us, living within his love, remaining in him. See, God's plan for humanity is the church. To try to seek guidance, to try to seek a way forward in our lives anywhere else is actually just completely misunderstanding uh, uh, God's plan and his attention. His primary way of guiding us is through his church, is through the community of believers, because he's given each of us different gifts. He's given each of us different callings, each of us different skills, and it takes all of us working together, challenging each other, bringing our diverse selves before God and before one another to move in the directions he's called us. So how has this outworked? It starts with gathering and building relationships. Pastor Brand is going to speak on this a bit more next week when he preaches on gathering and worship, but it's important to touch on today. Unless we are disciplined in showing up, we'll never actually be able to build the kind of deep relationships that allow us to enter into real accountability uh, and, uh, and real guidance with others. See, it's hard to show up and like confess and like share our deepest, darkest secrets and, and be challenged by somebody and be kind of pointed when we're getting a little off track and all these different things if we aren't even friends with people. It's hard to do that with a random stranger. It actually takes us showing up first and building friendships and relationships to experience guidance in community. And so I know a lot of us are here tuning in online. So if you're tuning in online and you're in the Waterloo region, I'd encourage you, uh, if you feel comfortable and safe, come to one of our in-person services. It's one of the best ways you can begin to meet people and get connected. Or perhaps you can join one of our locals, especially if you're not comfortable in bigger groups yet. We have smaller groups in these locals that you can be connecting with and meeting with and getting to know people and build relationship uh, so that you can begin to get to a place where you can eventually be vulnerable and go deeper with folks. And if you're tuning in today and you're fully online, you're not in the Waterloo region, I'd encourage you if you're in Coburg or Cambridge, we have communities there that you can get plugged into. Uh, but we also have an online community, an online local that gathers together to pray, to study the Bible, chats with each other throughout the week, encourages each other, prays for each other, uh, does some fun social stuff together, serves uh, each of their individual communities and challenges each other in their serving, that you can get involved with them to get to know people and build relationship. And I would encourage you to take that step to gather to be with others. And within this community, as we begin to develop these relationships, we find the discipline of confession. See, this is a next step in community. As it says in the first passage we read in Ephesians, everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. See, confession is the practice of exposing ourselves to the light, making the dark things in our lives visible. It is intentional and consistent sharing of our deepest, darkest secrets, our insecurities, our areas of weakness, our fears, and our challenges in life with those around us. And when we do this, we find humility, of course. It's pretty humbling to open up about this stuff, to bear our souls. We don't just find humility. We actually find an outworking of the love of God. See, when we're able to open up, to actually bear our souls, to release that in a community of believers with other Christians, what's really cool is that A, uh, them just being able to still accept us and love us, even though we share the worst things that we've done, actually, like I think, helps extinguish some of that fear deep inside of us that I'm not worthy of God's love. It's like, yeah, 
where none of us are worthy of God's love. We've all made mistakes. We're all messed up. But by getting it out there and showing that people can still love us through the Holy Spirit inside of them, it's an example and affirms our faith that God still loves us in spite of our sin, that He's willing to overcome our sin, overcome our brokenness, and He has actually made a way for us to still have relationship with Him. It's a way to experience God's love by being vulnerable. And it also takes a weight off our backs. You know, I think that a lot of us carry around a lot of weight and a lot of pressure just trying to put on a good face. You know, the act of, of, of actually hiding some of these things, some of these insecurities, some of these things we don't want others to see about ourselves. Sometimes that we've hid so well, we don't even know that they're there. The act of hiding these things, it actually creates a weight on us. It's a stress and a pressure in our lives. And I think when we begin to confess it, to share it, to release it with others, we'll be shocked at the way that weight is lifted from us. We have to be careful. See, confession uh, is not, cannot just be a pity party. If our definition of confession is just admitting what's happening in our lives, we're actually missing the point. Admitting is a huge step, but as Tim Keller points out in his book, Prayer, true confession also requires rejection. Not just admitting what we've done, but rejecting the sin, rejecting the things that we've done and saying, hey, I'm actually gonna strive to, to, to not do that anymore, to move into a better place of following Jesus. See, we can't just be sorry for the consequences of our actions. Keller tells the story of a man who was verbally abusive to his wife and went to seek restitution until she left. And after she left, he came to the pastor, he said, I'm so sorry. I'm ready to confess. He admitted everything. He admitted all of his problems, all of his challenges. You know, they end up getting back together. But a few months later, she left again for good because his behavior started back up and he was again verbally abusive. And Keller points out that this man was never actually sorry for the way that he was hurting his wife, for the way that he was dishonoring God by disrespecting the beautiful gift of marriage that God has given us. But, but what this man actually was sorry for was the consequence of his wife leaving. And so if we're just sorry for the consequences of our actions, we're not actually going to see uh, the fullness and beauty of the power of confession until we actually uh, learn to reject the sin. And what's so cool about doing this in community is that community can help us in the process of restitution, of actually not just staying where we are, but being transformed, of actually saying, hey, I'm going to admit it, that's the first step. And from there, community can encourage us forward in overcoming these challenges in our lives. See, through community, we can have people checking in with us, following up, asking how we're doing, allowing us to confess and reconfess, to share and reshare, to help us brainstorm and work through strategies to overcome these challenges and continue to release what we're struggling with to God. See, transformation is much more difficult than isolation. It takes people being around us and encouraging us forward. Finally, I want to end on submission. Submission is the fullness of this discipline. It's like, it's, it's, it's taking kind of all this different stuff we've talked about. It's taking, you know, this element of like community and, and living with one another and doing life together. It takes showing up. It takes actually acknowledging the gifts that God has given others. Uh, it takes actually being vulnerable and being honest with ourselves, God, and others. And it all comes together into this discipline of submission. It's respecting the authorities God has placed in our lives the leaders he has appointed in his church, and mutually submitting to one another, understanding what each of us brings. See, the fundamental aspect of this discipline of submission is being able to look around a diverse body of Christians, a diverse body of believers, and understand that we all have our own role to play. 
I'm not gonna be the best at everything. You're not gonna be the best at everything. We're all gonna have our own skills, we're gonna have our own gifts, and we're gonna have our own gaps. And submission is being able to come together as a community, as a church, and actually be able to say, okay, I submit to the other people here. I submit and I acknowledge that this person's gifted here and this person's gifted there and this person can do something I can't. I'm going to respect that. I'm going to submit to that. I'm going to submit to their leadership, their encouragement. I'm going to submit and understand that, hey, this person's actually just frankly a little further along in their journey with God. They've been practicing this way of Jesus a little bit longer. Sometimes for us, it's actually being able to say, hey, I'm going to submit that God is actually using me to pour into somebody else, that I've been going along a little bit further in my journey with him, and this person actually needs me, and I need to overcome my insecurity, submit to God, and actually serve that person by being able to share what God has been doing in my life with them. See, this is what submission is. It's a mutual sharing of all of us as believers with one another so that none of our gifts are being wasted, but all of us are bringing our best, acknowledging our gaps, and humbly interacting with each other. Dallas Willard, a writer on spiritual disciplines, talks about it this way. I think this is really important. He says, The order of redemptive community here implied obviously is not a matter of an iron hierarchy in which unwilling souls are crushed and driven. Instead, it functions in the power of truth and mercy inhabiting mature personalities, being the expression of a kingdom not of this world, but truly a kingdom nonetheless. Otherwise, the church would revert to the model of purely human government. Unfortunately, we see this actually happening in certain misguided attempts at Christian community. The way of, and this is so important, this last sentence, the way of Jesus knows no submission outside the context of mutual submission of all to all. See, the kingdom of Jesus is submission of all to all. Each of us knowing that we each have unique and different roles to play, respecting each other's roles and being willing to play those, being willing to submit to the authorities, to submit to what God, leadership that God has placed people in, but also being willing to each of us submit to one another uh, in the different areas of life where we can encourage each other and challenge each other forward in our faith. This is true freedom. This is true direction. This is the true answer to the confusion we can face in the world. See, I think in a world that is so individualistic, that's so me-focused, that's all about our own truth and our own experience, we can get so easily overwhelmed when I believe that that's not how we were created to be. God created us to actually be in community, to actually support one another, to encourage one another, to hold each other accountable, to have tough conversations, to submit to each other out of love and respect for one another so that we might run as fast as the combined work of the Holy Spirit in all of us and so much faster than where each and any one of us is at personally. I just want to take a minute and speak briefly here to what this actually can look like in our church and one way we're creating a space for this. You know, maybe you're here today and your next step just needs to be to gather, to get with other people, to show up in person, to show up to a service, to show up to a local, to join our online local, whatever that looks like for you, that's great. I would encourage you to take that step. But I also want to tell you about something called CORES. This is an intentional space that we're creating in our church for people to actually find this accountability, to find this encouragement, to actually live out all that God has called them to be, our true identity as children of God. Cores are actually a part of our local. So if you want to join a core, first I encourage you to join a local that you can get to know people as you eat together, you can serve together, you can study the Bible together, build relationship. And out of that relationship, we have cores. These are groups of two to five people within a local who are gathering together weekly or bi-weekly on some sort of frequent, regular basis to actually practice what I'm talking about here today, 
to ask each other, hey, what's God been doing in your, in your life lately? What's God been teaching you? What have you been learning? What's he been challenging you in? To say, hey, is there anything going on in your life that you're just struggling with? Like any challenges you're facing, uh, maybe like a sin issue or, or mistakes you've made that you just wanna get off your chest. What's been going on in life lately? To share wins with one another and to pray together. The heart, of course, is not just one person, you know, you know, being accountable to somebody else, but it's actually mutual accountability. Uh, each of us submitting to one another to connect in a disciplined way on a regular basis and actually be encouraged forward in what God is calling us to. Honestly, cores are not meant to be a place where we're beat over the head and we just immediately have to drudge up every little detail of our lives or anything like that. It is a place we want to see vulnerability, but we understand that takes time. And so cores are really about being a place where we are actually being encouraged in all that God has called us to. We're being encouraged into our identity as children of God, as citizens of his kingdom, and actually being challenged to live out the fullness of the joyful, abundant life that God has called us to. So I'd encourage you today, if you're tuning in and, and you're a part of a local or you aren't yet, join a local, and I encourage you to talk to your leader about cores and how you can get connected with one. Finally, I just want to wrap up uh, today uh, with an opportunity for anybody who's never made a decision to follow Jesus before. If you're here and you're tuning in and you're like, hey, this all sounds great, but you know, you talked before about Jesus, he died, he rose again, he, he took on the consequences of my actions, and you're like, hey, I, I know I've made mistakes. I know I've messed up. I know that I'm broken, that I've done some evil things, but I'm, I don't, I want to actually release those consequences. I want to accept that free gift of taking on the consequences that Jesus gave for me. I want to experience eternal life with Jesus. I want to have that relationship with him and live out this love. Uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to make that choice. So if you're tuning in live, uh, there's a button popping up in the chat that says, I want to raise my hand. That's saying, yeah, you know what? I, I want to make this decision. You can click that right now. And if you're tuning in anywhere else, you know, you can just make that decision in your heart. You can say it out loud. You can write it down. You can put your hand up wherever you are. Just do something to kind of acknowledge to yourself, yes, I'm making this decision to follow Jesus, and I want to pray for you. God, I just thank you for everyone making the decision to follow you today. I just pray that you would be with them, that you bring them the supports in their life, Lord God, that they need to live this out. I just pray that you would encourage them, Lord Jesus, and that they would just grow closer to you. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. And finally, I just want to pray for anybody who's like, all right, I'm ready to take my next step. Maybe I'm asking my leader about a core. Maybe I'm just going to go open up to a close friend about some stuff I've been struggling with. Maybe I'm going to uh, join a local. Maybe I'm going to join a team. Maybe I'm going to just show up next Sunday, whatever this looks like for you, and taking these steps into finding guidance in God's church and in community. Uh, I just want to encourage you and pray for you as we take these steps this week. Let's remember that this is not just something we need to do just because like we've got to do all this stuff to please Jesus. That's not it at all. He's giving us a gift of love. And what we're doing is simply living that love out. Actually, you know, uh, 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 taking steps to live in the fullness of what God is offering us, the life that he's handing to us for free. So let's take a minute. Let's just pray for anybody who wants to take those steps. God, I just thank you. Um, honestly, God, that you still have work to do in my heart with accountability, Lord God. I just pray right now that as we head into this week, Lord, you would just challenge me in this, that I would just be able to take further steps of opening up and being vulnerable with the people that I need to, Lord God. I pray that you would just continue to help me to be available for friendships and relationships, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for everybody tuning in that they would actually just be available, Lord God. They would just move in their hearts, move in their minds, Lord Jesus, that they would just be drawn closer to you, Lord God, as they take steps to open up, to build friendships, to build relationships, and to enter in uh, to the wonderful gift of actually vulnerability and accountability. Praise in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Have a great Sunday.
Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.